0: Welcome to our Road to Desert Rain series, brought to you by Desert Rain Community Radio. Today on the show, Boot Ariola and I sit down and discuss his road to Desert Rain growing up here in El Paso, uh, sort of his faith walk, and eventually moving to South Carolina, where his wife Stacy is from, who we will hear from in two weeks. And eventually landing here at Desert Rain. But before we get into that, thank you once again to Diego at Recording Moving Studios for all the editing and sound engineering. Uh, David West and Danny West, thank you for the the music you hear in the background. If you're interested in learning more about Desert Rain in general, check out theruin.com. Check out drcrpod.com for other episodes of our podcast. Uh, if you enjoy what you're hearing, please tell a friend either via social media or word of mouth. It really helps us and uh, we appreciate you. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Road to Desert Rain. I'm here with Boot Ariola. How are you doing, sir? Doing all right. How are you? Doing good. Um, and this is a conversation part of Desert Rain Community Radio. Um, so, oh, actually, you're not familiar with the format. You've purposely not listened to any of the other. Yeah. I think yeah, you're one so of the first. Really? <laughs> that ha- yeah, that hasn't listened to at least some of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've listened up and
0: right, right. The conversations the with David. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Just because. Yeah. I didn't want to have expectations of how I should because I'll hang myself up real bad. And-
0: yeah. So, um, so the the beginning basically um, just to sort of establish what your um, spiritual religious life was growing up as a kid or lack thereof. Sure. Um, and just what what did that look like in your in your household?
1: Uh, I grew up Catholic for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I I have a very specific memory i must have been you know 3 or 4 years old or something and uh you know there's a lot of standing and sitting and all that stuff and, <laughs> and kneeling uh, <laughs> yeah and i do remember uh i think the 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 bishop or whoever cuz i was i was goofing around moving around a lot and i think the 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 bishop or the priest said something over the mic you know about controlling your kids or something <laughs> like that. get your dang kids under control now. right so uh yeah uh but uh yeah so I, I grew up catholic and then around 11 years old is when i uh when i got converted to to evangelical you know All you did right. the jesus prayer i did the jesus prayer uh it was with my aunt and at the time my uh my mom had been visiting uh mount franklin baptist and then uh, about a year later, we ended up at Jesus
0: Chapel West. Okay. Yeah. And so you grew up in El Paso? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And did you feel, so when you were growing up in the Catholic church, was there any like connection there? Did you feel at home or was it just like kind of what, you know, you went because your mom took you to church? Um, I went because they
1: took me, but I, I did feel a connection. And um, there's definitely interest on my part. Um, I, um, I, I'd have questions. I remember, uh, we had a nanny at one point and it was the nanny that my mom had, you know, my mom grew up in Anapra, Mexico. Um, her, her dad died when she was two and they, he Mm -hmm. was a doctor and, you know, they, they were able to afford a nanny, but. When he died, they lost everything and ended up in Anapra, uh when my mom was two. And so that lady, that nanny, stayed with us um, until she died when I was like five or six. And, oh wow! Um, yeah, and I remember what was her name? Um, I just called her Nana. That's oh, that's all I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and and uh, but I remember, um, you know, she she'd put me to bed. You know, she I think she would come to our house every once in a while to help out. I think she she would kind of be shared amongst the family or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. But, um, and she would pray with me and stuff uh, at night. You know, it was usually the Lord's Prayer, mm-hmm. you know, in Spanish. And uh, we lived in Mexico for a time. And, um, and I just remember her praying with me. And it, it meant a lot, you know. It just, mm. uh, I had a pretty... Pretty unstable childhood, and and uh, there's there's plenty of trauma that had happened, you know, up to that point. But um, but I do remember just feeling comforted, you know. I would I would see things at night and all that stuff, and would be scared, and, and she'd come and pray with me, and and uh, yeah, so that all was stuck with me, you right? Know,
0: yeah. And then, what was that transition like, going from a Catholic church? To an evangelical church, because um, they're so different. It, yeah, it really was in presentation. I
1: guess sure. Yeah, I think by the time I was eleven, um, I do remember having memories of like, I went from wanting to be an inventor and then a superhero and then um, a time traveler, right? And then uh, and then I very specifically wanted to to be a monk at one point. Oh wow. And then, um, and it was around that time I started asking about, you know, doing my, um, what's the thing that they they do? The the, First Communion. The First Communion and all that stuff. And I was on my way to doing that. Uh, My dad took me. um, And at that point, my my parents were divorced. But my dad took me and, and he had some clever remarks to say about that whole thing, but just um, like
0: sarcastic yeah yeah kind of just stuff negative about it you yeah. know and,
1: and um for whatever reason I, I didn't go through it and then my mom started visiting mount franklin baptist um
0: do you think you didn't go through with it because of what your dad had said or you just got sidetracked in some way i think it just got sidetracked
1: yeah, yeah. and um and it was around that time that i also had um had visited my, um, so my, my dad lived with his, I guess, mistress turned wife, right. Um, uh, on the same property with my aunt and her husband, Mm. you know, they had mobile homes right next door to each other on the same property. And he, um, you know, whenever it was visitation time with him, you know, he'd kind of drop me off (laughs) basically to kind of be babysat by my aunt a little bit. And, so my cousin and I uh grew up very close to each other mm. and one night you know it was it was they they put together a little surprise birthday party for me oh, nice. at her house and that night you know my my aunt starts going into the uh uh you know that that the whole the whole thing that you do when you're trying to get someone saved right Maybe okay evangelical church you know.
0: giving giving you the
1: the spiel yeah yeah starts into the <laughs> spiel and but and I was very interested you know and and um she starts going into uh uh the thing that stuck out to me the most is she she said um, you know Jesus died for your sins you know and and I was like, oh yeah yeah, I know that. And uh, because in my head it was, I mean, it's kind of drilled into you, mm-hmm. you know, as a Catholic kid. You know, he died for you, and right? All that and then she goes, "But did you know he rose again? And he's alive now." And I, it just freaked me out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, like, like "Where what? is he? Where? Yeah, where is he?" And then she's like, "You know, he's, you know, he he went ascended back to heaven, and and you know, he's in my heart, and does that whole thing, you know." And it just, I mean, it it. Elicited all kinds of uh, positive emotions, right, and, and hope, and all that stuff. And so, do you um, think?
0: Do you think some of it was the resurrection story hadn't really been articulated in the Catholic context?
1: Pretty much, okay. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I had never really, uh, yeah, there was never really any focus. I, I think, as far as my experience, right. Um, now, whether or not. The church at large that I went to focused on it or not, you know, I, yeah, it just be a simple thing if exactly. I just wasn't listening, yeah, yeah, know? different things really different people, yeah, right, yeah, um, but uh, but you know, at that time, I do remember like not liking the repetitiveness and the motions, mm. you know, it felt cold after a while, mechanical, um, yeah. yeah. So then, when she's bringing up these stories, it just you know blew my mind, and then. The next day uh we went to her church. So that night, like I I prayed the prayer. Okay. You know, got got quote unquote saved. Yeah, and, of course. And uh and you know, my cousin was real excited about it too. You know, we we're both like, yeah, yeah, you know, we're we're gonna get to see each other in heaven and all that stuff. You right. Know? And um, and then we go to her church and I remember it was it was just it was a really nice building. It smelled really nice. Mm. Um uh, it was, it was definitely, you know, as far as my life leading up to that point, you know, which had been, you know, we'd moved around a lot and all that stuff. Like there's something about that, that just seemed so stable,
0: uh, oh. um,
1: which really stuck out to me. And so, yeah, we were there and we, you know, me and my cousin went into the, into the kids Sunday school thing. And, I was surprised because we got to like, we didn't have to just sit still, you know. <laughs> I got to move around and play with kid. stuff, and yeah, yeah, you know. And um, so then when I went back home, you know, I told my mom about it, and my mom's response was like, "Oh, that's that's not true. That you, you need to stop it with that stuff. You, you know, your aunt's Mormon. You know." I'm like, "What? <laughs> was she Mormon?" And, and well, so you know. Later on, I come to find out that yes, she had she had gone from Catholic to trying out Mormonism for a little while. It was really turned off by it, and then
0: uh, went evangelical. Okay, so stuff. the church yeah. you went to was definitely yeah evangelical. yeah it was okay. definitely okay. evangelical. I yeah, thought yeah. I thought you were going to be like, and then I found out was a
1: Mormon. Right, yep. No, so yeah, so that was you know, um, but yeah, it was around that time that my mom started going to. Uh, to that Baptist church and uh, and I think
0: you said what was age range for you? I was about eleven. Okay, you yeah, did say that. Yeah. yeah, it was on
1: September eleventh. Uh, the September eleventh? Not not the September. Oh, okay. 11th. I was just it just would to have say been nineteen ninety. Yeah, <coughs> ninety two. Okay, uh, I believe. And uh, yeah, so that that always stuck out to me, but. Um, yeah, so we started going to the, the Mount Franklin Baptist Church,
0: and um, was that the same church your aunt was going to? Or a different
1: one? No, it was. Yeah, it was different. Okay. Like she was on the east side, I was on the west side. I see. Okay. okay. And then about a year later, you know, the pastor had left uh, due to controversy about his beliefs in the Holy Spirit or whatever. The Baptist. Priest. The Baptist church, yeah. Yeah. And the pastor, I guess. and because I guess because Jesus Chapel was across the street. You know, mm. my mom decided to try that out, and uh, and we we liked it, and we enjoyed it, and you know, just kind of kind of went from there. You know?
0: Okay. Yeah. And um, so then, as as you get older, and I, I, I'm I'm blanking here. Did you did you go? You went to culinary school after high school. Am I remembering um, that? It
1: or was what? actually a, a vocational program okay. within the high school. Yeah. Oh, within yeah. the high school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, okay. I got to do uh, two years of culinary school instead of having to do two years of, uh, I think math and science. Oh, I yeah, got sign, math and science credits sign for. Sign me up. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which I, I enjoyed math and science. Well, you know, I, I loved I, math. Yeah. But. Yeah, yeah. So, so getting to be hands-on, like I've, I thought about culinary stuff very, very mathematically
0: and science-like, anyway. So. Well, you need that stuff for sure to. Yeah. Understand what's going on in the. In the kitchen, and, and mm-hmm. um, so you graduate high school, and sort of in your early adulthood, what was your, what, you know, were you still involved in the church? What was your your sort of early belief system as you're sort of walking out as as an adult, sure, sure. Own, so to speak?
1: It, it got complicated uh, about the time that, that I was uh, getting out of high school, because leading up to that point, there was already so much. You know, once we ended up in that church, like, you know, involvement became very standard. Like I was I was Mm. going to youth group and and I was very I was very (laughs) forgive the the pun. I was very religious about it, right? Like I I I wanted to show up and okay. You you wanted that yeah, like commitment, so to speak. I guess what would that I, I I yeah, I had a religious devotion to it, but it wasn't Religious for me, so you know what I mean. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, what, what was? It? What do you? Feel out like- of obligation, but it was because I wanted to be there. Okay, you. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. You just loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: eventually, I ended up learning how to play music and and uh, playing on the youth worship team. You know, with uh, Jeff Walker. Uh, he was the the youth pastor for their.
0: For, is that for Dell Walker's them. son?
1: Uh, I can't remember which one of the. I don't think it was okay. Dale Walker's son, but he's he's one of the Walkers. <laughs> There's so many of them.
0: I just I, the only one I know is Dale Walker, <gasps> and that's because his his name has come up in these, <laughs> the Road to Desert Rain series. Yeah, quite a bit, so. yeah.
1: No, I was uh, you know it was there when Steve Walker was there, you know, and I knew his family and all that stuff, and and uh, when Jeff left, um, then I became the youth worship leader for oh, about nice. five years. Yeah, very cool. So I was there for, for a so good So be that, time. You
0: like your early 20s?
1: No, that was, I mean, um, let's see here. I started playing guitar when I was about 13 or 14. And then about 15, I was the youth oh, worship leader. Yeah. Very cool. <coughs> and so I was there uh, into uh, my last year of high school. Um you know, and and within all that, you know, I met Barry Martin as well, who became like a father figure to me, and I uh, was heavily involved in King's Kids with Vinnie carifano and mm. uh, doing mission trips and and all that stuff, and um, um, it wasn't until like the last few years while I was in high school, um. Steve connected with uh, Mark McCoy, who was a Vineyard worship mm. leader. Okay, and he he had written songs like uh, what's that one song? Um, I don't know. There's a couple of a couple of famous Vineyard songs he had done. Um, but anyway, he he got connected with our church, started doing. Um, and he was living here in El Paso. Uh, who was uh, Mark McCoy? Mm. No, no, he was he was in California. Okay, at the time, and then I think he moved to Africa for a little while but he uh he would come over and him and steve would put together these big sort of youth conferences and stuff you know okay and and, uh you know the thing that that steve sort of harped on a lot was you know the 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 early jesus movement you know with all Uh the high school kids when he was in high school and all that stuff you know, of course, there was a focus on revival and all that stuff, and so that was part of the the reason that Mark McCoy was coming. You know, to do prophetic stuff and to teach how to worship. You know, and 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 I feel like that that probably was sort of a a nice sort of catalyst into my overall deconstruction, right? Because okay. there were there were things that Mark McCoy said that didn't quite line up with pastor steve's motives
0: a little bit you know mm. what what would be like an example if you can remember
1: um it's hard to remember um and, and i say that like as far as his motives the the motives when i look back the motives were definitely this sort of like he was trying to bring back this movement try to mm. trying to
0: recreate this movie capture something from the past yeah
1: like there was the brownsville revival happening and all that stuff and he he desperately wanted revival to happen and you know part of mark mccoy's message was sort of this whole like you know um worship is not just these gatherings and the songs we sing like worship Mm. is is how you do life right how you you engage with life Yeah, yeah yeah and and that really I mean it's like it flipped a switch in my brain you know that that's remained forever on since then um you know a couple of years later uh Mark McCoy died uh it was very suddenly he he got cancer mm. and uh, and died and it really I think it really impacted Steve like you could you could definitely feel it and see it that it was mm. just like you know and again, this is in hindsight. Like you know, it was like, oh, the plans are ruined. You know, kind of oh. thing. Um, but he took it really hard, and of course, you know, you you befriend someone and they die. Like you're gonna take it hard. You yeah. Know? But, but I think there was that that sort of aspect, as as far as I could see that, and, um, but I had I had been sort of. In my own way just sort of deconstructing some yeah. things you know And we'd still get together like every every sunday night there was a gathering at his house for just the youth you know mm. to basically worship and manifest yeah. in the spirit and all that stuff right and i remember one time um you know he he would he would prophesy stuff over me like you know hey you're gonna be a prophet you're gonna be a healer, all this stuff, and at one point in time, he said, "You're going to be like my brother Tommy, too." <laughs> you know, and uh, I was—I remember thinking in my head, I was like, "I don't, I don't want to be like Tommy. <laughs> I want to be like me, <laughs> right?" <laughs> you know? Play guitar like my brother Tommy, and and so, uh, but um, we were getting together a lot. And it it just, you could feel like there was some sort of stagnation. I I at least felt that for myself, you know, Mm -hmm. and and in praying, you know, I felt like, you know, I, whether or not I actually received a word or not, you know, remains uh, debatable now. But I remember having the idea, you know, whether it was a word from God or not, like that, uh, and it was in reading the book of Acts, the second chapter of Acts. And that was one of the chapters he really focused on as far as spiritual manifestations Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. I remember reading, uh, you know, basically, you know, you have this thing that happens to the disciples. They all get tongues of fire and all -hmm. all, all this stuff. And then they went their separate ways and did Mm -hmm. a bunch of stuff, you know, like they didn't, they didn't just keep meeting every, week after that you know and keep doing the just same hanging, thing you're right yeah. just
0: hanging out with each other yeah Sarah. like
1: and so the idea to me was that like oh like we're we're getting obese in the spirit right like at one point in time you you consume enough of this thing that you become useless in it mm. uh, instead of putting it to practice instead of exercising it you know and so um and i was very nervous about saying anything to the Pastor Steve about that, but that was, you know, I was like, well, if I'm a, if I'm a prophet and, you know, I'm supposed to speak out right, about these right, things, and, yeah. then I might as well, like, say something to my pastor about this, right? And so it, I mustered up the courage and, and I went up to him and I said, uh, yeah, hey, Pastor Steve, uh, you know, I feel like I got this word after reading this and, you know, I feel like God's saying that we're getting obese in the spirit because we're not, we're doing this, but we're not really doing anything with it. And he just, I, I, you know, he he was always kind of hard to read, but um, he just literally just didn't say a word, just turned away from me and walked away. Oh know? wow! Yeah, and that was it. Like, and and I think since then it was kind of a, it was kind of. Uh, Downhill from there. Right, as far right. As That was sort of the foam. turning point. Right, yeah, because he was he was grasping for stuff after Mark McCoy died. You know, there were some new people that came to the church that um, had written some book, and he was all about these people. and And I thought it was kind of weird um, how he was, you know, these strangers that came into the church, but he's like advertising their book and getting them into all sorts of functions. And I, I don't know if he was there was some sort of controversy around Mm. it and I was, I wasn't paying attention enough to really like put two and two together. Um, But uh, um, yeah, it was around that time and um, it was after I had already graduated. So I, I decided to take a year off after I graduated. So I graduated May. I was still involved in the church. We had been doing. I had been doing this sort of coffee house ministry that was inspired by Crossroads. Okay. Um, at at the youth room, and, and so we'd get bands together on Friday nights and have people come play music, you know. And I would make flyers in the library at school and hand them out, and get people over there, and you know, um, all that stuff. And so. Um. And then our pastor at the time was Byron Nakagawa. And he was, he was a big reason that kept going. Like there was pushback from the church about it, you know. And um, in fact, like there were church members that would call the police sometimes and, and just basically say like, "Oh, there's there's kids having sex in the parking lot. You should go bust." <laughs> 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 and every time the cops would come, they wouldn't find anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
0: know, <laughs> like now we're and, listening to Christian music yeah. <laughs> sir.
1: Yeah, it was it was some of I guess yeah some some of the high rollers right in the church mm. I guess and. And so, oh, uh, it was
0: people in the church calling.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh. And so, because uh, they, yeah, they they didn't want it happening. So eventually, that got shut down when Byron quit. Basically, he he moved to New York, uh, and um, with his wife. And then when he left, like it just fell apart, you know. And so mm. I didn't have the, the support
0: church or, or just the that, that ministry. To, yeah, 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 because I
1: didn't have his backing. because right. He was gone, you know. So, so. That ended and so I was like, well, you know, what, what can I do, you know, kind of thing. And and uh and I always had this sort of um when I look back, you know, I guess at some rate I was I was sort of the the token poor kid who who, you know, you could tell like, hey, you're gonna do great things, but then not fully trust them with those things, you know, which we see happen a lot in, in churches and and all that stuff. And excuse me. Um so uh it wasn't until that following from the time that that got shut down and i had told the pastor that prophetic word quote unquote and then um you know uh by that winter uh my my mom had moved to uh albuquerque in the middle of my senior year So that winter, I I went to visit her for Christmas, you know, because Christmas is her birthday and whatever else, you know. So I went to to visit her, uh, but the youth worship band was supposed to um, do the New Year's Eve service because we did that every year. Yeah. And um, on the way, yeah, I got there. um, I actually drove, uh, it was, I think, Practice was on a Wednesday night and I drove that day from Albuquerque and got to the church about fifteen minutes late for practice, you know. And, and you know, at that time, like everyone already every everyone knew that I was late to everything, on boot you know. Time. So, yeah.
0: That's funny. It <laughs> hasn't to changed someone. as much these days, but it's well, gotten better. Well, you showed up here today on time. Yeah, I, did. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to the person I interviewed before. I was like, yeah, he's on boot time, he'll get here when he comes to it. <laughs> no big deal i'm used to it <laughs> right and he showed up on top I was like, oh, yeah okay. yeah no so uh so i show
1: up and the band is already practicing with the pastor's son heading the band and uh because he was the bass player and then he was playing guitar and, and i was kind of surprised by it and pastor steve was kind of waiting in his office for me to show up mm. and um and so i i look back and he's coming out and i'm like oh this is this is cool are they doing a A special or something like that, and he he basically said uh, he said no. This is how it's going to be from now on.
0: Oh wow! And uh,
1: I was like, well, what do you mean? You know, it's like this is this is how it's going to be from now on. He just kept saying that, you know, and I was just like, what? What does that mean? And you know, I had I had a lot of respect for him, you know, so I wasn't going to question it. I wasn't going to. I was just like, right, he was your pastor. Yeah, yeah. I guess this is how it's going to be. So I got my stuff and, and left. You know. Like, so he was
0: basically kicking you out of the band without saying that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And uh, and and it's funny. Like, I uh, my own responses. You know, I I I tend to do very bad about like communicating things to other people when things like that happen. You know, like mm-hmm. I just always had been. Um. As much as I'll talk someone's ear off, it's it's mainly because I hold it a lot of it in most mm. of the time. You
0: know? So you know, You're talking wife. about surface level stuff instead of the the real stuff going on.
1: Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll I'll get into the deeper stuff, but you know, I always feel like I get this reaction of when I start talking about the deeper stuff, like people kind of go like, Whoa, whoa, this is too much right now. Mm. Like we just met, you know. <laughs> Oops. And it's because I keep it all in, you know. And so I, I kept that all in. I see what you're saying, right? And I didn't show up for the New Year's Eve service. Did you? Were you still?
0: Did you still go to
1: church? With yeah, yeah. Okay. I kept going to church, um, and uh, you know, I did. I did sort of get mad about it, of course. and um, and I can't remember if he asked me to not show up on Sunday nights anymore. No, I think I still was showing up on Sunday nights, and uh, but then I stopped and uh, it just it just was this feeling of like oh, i'm not needed mm. you know i guess I've, i guess i've hit my expiration date right with all this stuff so i was i was trying to i was trying to still play music you know i was already playing music on my own you know i had a band going a couple of bands going you know and and all this stuff and um, outside of church and the, and the goal was to you know have church music you know mm-hmm. being right. played um but eventually I, I stopped going and i stopped going partially because um i felt like i was at a point where i felt like god was saying like you know don't worry about the manifestations you know just just observe mm. take it in um and so yeah so i was just like what that's I'm kind of not used to doing that. I'm kind of used to like going to a worship service and like freaking out, you know, and so I so I started doing that, and that was around that time, you know, and so I'd sit and you know everyone would be standing at church and singing and raising their hands and stuff, and I I just would be observing, you know, right. was just like what am I what am I supposed to look for, right? And um, you know, a couple of times the. Folks on the adult worship team would come down, you know, and pray for me, you know, because mm. I, I must have been lost or who knows what. But you know, it was just like they—they they were seeing me not manifesting, I guess, and they were worried that I was going down the wrong path. I don't know, but but they—they they came to pray for me out of concern, and and uh, and it just seemed really weird to uh, okay. me. You know, I was just like, what's what, What's going on? You know? Right. Um. And so yeah, then I stopped going, and uh, you know, just would try out different things. I, I, I hung out with my buddy Yeti at uh, Jesus Chapel West Youth Group a couple of times, and I, I just didn't like it. Um, there were things, that, you know, just some of the issues that were talked about were just so superficial, and mm-hmm. you know, I you don't know, you I, didn't feel connected, in that. yeah, yeah, I didn't feel a connection. I I, I felt like I needed to go deeper. Mm. And, uh, and so really, yeah, I guess my, my unraveling really began at that point, you know, and, um, and so, um, it wasn't until I had moved to South Carolina, you know, Stace and I, uh, my wife, uh, she, she had a huge heart for missions, and, and so did I. And so when we when we were in South Carolina, at one point in time, we decided to go to Paraguay.
0: And, and just before we get there, yeah. how did how did you you and Stacey meet?
1: Uh, we met uh, doing missions work okay. uh, through through King's Kids, right through the spring break outreach that they they've been doing for years and years now. Been in Mexico back then; they used to do it in Mexico. And uh, so yeah, we met each other. Gosh, uh, we were friends for. For several several years, uh, long distance, and mm-hmm. then and then we and then we had a long distance relationship for several
0: years too. You know, and you met in Mexico.
1: Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. very cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, and so, uh, so yeah, so, so Stace was there for for some of that stuff, you know. And, right. and I'm sure, I'm sure she's going to hear this and go, you know, at some point in time, she's going to say, oh, "You never told me that."
0: Right? <laughs> <laughs> Such as uh, life. Right? It's, it's probably coming out for the first time right now, too. You know?
1: <laughs> some of this stuff. But um, where was I? Uh, well, you
0: ended. So you ended up in South Carolina. You, you and Stacy got married, and you, mm-hmm. you ended up in South Carolina. Yeah, where yeah. she's from.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. After and, and, and at some point in time, uh, yeah. So so coming out of. Jesus Chapel, right? I still had a heart to do missions. I was still heavily involved with King's Kids. I was, mm. I was on staff for a little while. Um, and
0: what is King's Kids? We uh, that's never come up. Can you kind of give the the thirty second or one minute sure, yeah. description of what what that is exactly? Uh,
1: and I'll say my my understanding of of King's Kids is a little bit different than probably the entire. Uh, what it what it has been or is or whatever you yeah because each each base is is different but it's a it's a division of youth with a mission okay um, and it's it's sort of a vehicle to sort of teach kids basically about the outside world and teach them leadership skills teach mm-hmm. them you know how to um, how to uh how to evangelize right but um, there's also a lot of discipleship type stuff that goes with it some apologetics here and there, but, but it's, it's, a it's, it's basically a means to help kids like do something with their gifts and not, you know, not get into trouble. I guess, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. At least it kept me yeah. out of a lot of trouble of that course, I could have gotten yeah. in, you know, um, sh- yeah, sort of shor-
0: mean- showing them a different path of
1: yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and then and then you know the thing about the way Vinny did things was uh, it was less of a, you know I feel like a lot of churches treat mission trips as vacations, mm. um, and you know they all stay in their own hotels they 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 keep their American life and then try to impose a little bit of that American life to the cultures that they're in, and and Vinny had a, an extremely different approach to it, uh-huh. and it was always that, you know we're here to help we're not here to change their minds or change their lives. Mm-hmm. We're going to eat their food, live by their rules, we're going to even sleep where they sleep. Right. And I mean, it it changes your view on a lot of stuff. Yeah, you know, have sleeping to. Yeah, sleeping in the woods in this bamboo church, you know, and you're sleeping on the ground, mm-hmm. you know, and getting giant roaches crawling on me
0: <laughs> <you>. like, <laughs> it was like oh, this is normal life for these people you yeah know, this like, is this is just a tuesday for them. yeah yeah watching yeah. them
1: kill a chicken in the kitchen and all that stuff like yeah it's just and so uh, so yeah it was it was really good and i think that's the one thing that like um i i don't have qualms uh towards you know right is uh is uh you know, probably probably Vinny and his family and all that stuff. I feel like, uh, um, that's the one thing, you know, the, the, the lessons I've learned and all that stuff were, were way more practical coming from, from Vinny than they were, you know, coming from Pastor Steve. It was like the mm. difference between, you know, Steve would get so like caught up in all the, all the magic and all that stuff. And then they started losing sight of the word, I guess, you know, and, um, uh, but Vinny was very much kind of like grounded. There's a you more know. practical, yeah, on yeah.
0: things. And yeah, so, so I, I kind of cut you off, but um, you, you started talking about your time in Paraguay mm-hmm. with Stacy. Yeah.
1: Sure, yeah. Well, right before we went to Paraguay, um, you know, I was I was doing pretty bad, you know, spiritually and all that stuff. We were going to uh, Stacy's church. A little bit and, and it was mainly because we were trying to get uh some sort of home base to do missions work from mm. and and the, the the pastor there was not very trusting you know be, very okay. the head pastor or, or, or open yeah yeah and, yeah and essentially it it took you know when we were asking about you know <laughs> hooking up with the church with that particular church to uh to head out on missions um you know, the pastor met with us, it, I think it was three two-hour long meetings, and, you know, it was just him probing us about, you know, are you sure this is what you should be doing? Are you sure this, you know, like, just are you sure, are you sure, are you sure, kind of trying to discourage us from Right, that. right, right, right. And then, you know, the last meeting we come to find out, well, you know, this is great that you want to do this, but... The church has no money because we just <laughs> put it into making a new building for the church, hoping to get more visitors. And and it was it was just it was so infuriating and so like wait wait so, wait, wait. So wait. the
0: premise of the meetings were to support you. We and we were meetings.
1: yeah we were meeting with him to try to get support right, for missions right. right. But he was meeting with us to basically tell us we don't want to we don't want to support
0: <laughs> you, but then also
1: uh, well, the church is in debt.
0: Well, so- <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it was even more than that. Yeah. Was, oh. Yeah, yeah.
1: and uh, yeah, and it just was so you know obviously I was I was kind of mad because I was like well wait a minute like you don't have enough people to fill in that new building yet they're spending money on this new building. In hopes that more people like it just was so backwards right, to right, me. Right, you know, right. just
0: so mad. So he and was then, going, he would he'd watch that uh, movie, I can't even remember, the baseball one. If you build, oh, it, they if you build it, they will come. I, I <laughs> guess so, yeah. <laughs> he watched it yeah. one one too many times. He's like, That's right, mm-hmm. we gotta build the bigger building.
1: Yep, yep. <laughs> that was uh yeah. So that was that was infuriating. And you know, it, it w- and, and what could I do? Like I wasn't gonna.
0: Yeah, you, you know, can't get that time back. You can't, yeah, you already so, spent however many hours sitting with him,
1: and, and so and we did what we needed to do as far as sending out letters, trying to get support mm-hmm. that way. And <clears throat> Stace's parents had a uh, still to this day have this Tuesday night um, sort of. Uh, it's not a youth group. What <laughs> like home group type? Yeah, thing? it's a home group. They they get together. They've been getting together for years and years and years. And so that was a huge. Source of our support, you know, and then, uh, but then the other support was that um, the youth pastor of that same church, she she ended up finding out what was going on, <clears throat> and she was also stacy's teacher when she was in high school,
0: mm.
1: and so she said, you know, hey, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of not supposed to do this, but you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna raise support from the youth group for you guys, you know. Oh, so, interesting. So that was really kind you know and and unexpected right right right. and so that was amazing but at that same time like we were i mean i was i was already unraveling you know at at that time uh right before we we uh decided to go or in the middle of that time really is when i found out barry calls me you know uh barry's the guy that taught me how to do guitar stuff and, and everything else and uh and he'd keep me updated on what was happening in El Paso usually mm. you know and he'd always finish you know his his updates with like hey you know you're good where you're at don't worry about coming back <laughs> kind of thing like just leave all this drama behind you you're good where you're at you know kind of so
0: thing. so why was he updating with with it did he just want to talk about
1: it well for him you know cuz i would i would share he's probably the only other one at the time that i really besides stace that i really shared with like where you Him were at. where I was at oh, yeah okay, okay, and, okay and you know even my attempts to try to get back into Jesus chapel a little bit um uh, there was one time uh, i I got a job um playing at a church playing drums for a church right and so that that became our congregation for a little while and it was it was not great I, I was literally there just for the paycheck you know? <laughs> right um but it just seemed so superficial and all that stuff and I was really frustrated with it but then I'd try to get on the schedule to play with Evan Giolanza. You know, he had taken over um, as a worship leader and and he knew me well enough, you know, so like he invited me to come play. So I'd go play with him for a couple of times. This was at Jesus Chapel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then after a while, he stopped calling me, you mm-hmm. know, and and this was in the middle of my apprenticeship. And so um he stopped calling me and I was really baffled by it and I told Barry about it, you know, I was just like, yeah, I don't know what's going on, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and so Barry's, Barry's very, uh, um, he's he, he's very justice minded, I guess, you know, and so he's just like, you know what, I'm going to get to the bottom of this and I'm going right, to go talk to right. Evan, you know, I'm like, no, 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 no don't worry about it, you yeah, know, just, yeah. and so, but he did, he, he went and talked to to um, Evan G. Alonzo and, you um, uh, Evan came back with like, you know, basically told him, you know, hey, you know, I'd love to have Boot play. Um, It's been great having him play. However, uh, Pastor Steve has asked me to not have him play because um, the last time Boot played, he had a nervous breakdown and they had to replace him. With someone else.
0: Which isn't true, right? Which
1: isn't true, <laughs> yeah. He kicked you off. Yeah, he kicked me off and replaced me with a son. Because you were 15 minutes later or whatever. Well, it wasn't because I was well, 15 yeah, minutes Well, yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there yeah. was who knows, you know, what led up to it. But yeah, it just, and, uh, and, but, you know, of course, I'm still in this place of like, you know, I respect Steve and, and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, did I? Did I have a nervous breakdown? And so I was second guessing myself, you know. Yeah. I was like. I've never had nervous breakdowns. I don't, you know, yeah, I internalize stuff and I kind of keep to myself, but like, I don't, I don't freak out, you know, like, um, especially not in public, you know, if I do freak out, like,
0: <laughs> it's like, you can ask my
1: kids, like, I don't think they've ever seen me cry, you know, and I've mm-hmm. cried plenty. And right, I'm right, not right. afraid of crying, you yeah. know, but like, yeah. And so, um, So yeah, I second-guessed myself, and and I was second-guessing myself all that time. Just kind of, you know, I was like, "Whoa, do I even, you know, do I even not know myself? Like, you know, what what the heck is all this?" So, so yeah, basically, so that was his reasoning for like he he knew some of the history, and he was already upset with Steve on many levels because he had had several encounters that were not great, um, whether it was through worship or through whatever else, and so.
0: So to to sort of get back on track of like your leading up to to leave for Paraguay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: Barry calls me to update me on on stuff going on, and he and he tells me like, hey, you know, just to let you know, you're not crazy,
0: mm. and
1: I'm like, what What do you mean? And then he goes on to tell me that you know, uh, Pastor Steve was was caught up in a in an affair that he had been hiding for years, mm. um, and he had sort of systematically, uh, from what I understand, gotten rid of his his accountability you know Mm -hmm. so that new people were in basically that didn't know him well enough to be able to say something you know and that was really heartbreaking because you know i i still very much you know i i counted pastor steve as a father figure as as much as it pained me Mm -hmm. to go through all that other stuff you know i kind of always came away from it with well maybe he knows better maybe you know it was just a lot of yeah. blind trust you know and uh and it was super heartbreaking because it was just like you know all these things he's ever told me you mm. know whether to encourage me or try to lift me up tell me i'm a prophet and all this all this bullshit you know like right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what what do i believe now like what yeah, what yeah what what is real you know and it and it just and i know barry meant well but it it really destroyed me mm. and uh you know, I wasn't happy about it. He was sort of, kind of like, uh, and Barry wasn't happy about it either. But his his main point was to let to let me know, like, hey, yeah. you know, like something's been wrong this whole time. Yeah, something. And that's was wrong. why, like, yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. So it just, you know, of course, I just went through this tumultuous time. So by the time, like, we're, you know, we've got some of our support. For this uh, year-long mission trip, and uh, we we did our DTS in Paraguay is what we were doing with with YYM and what, what
0: does that stand for? Uh,
1: discipleship Training School, okay. you know. And it was kind of one of those things. that was like, well, you know, sometimes like you go through some steps to try to gain some sort of credentials so that you can be trusted to mm-hmm. do things, of course, you know. Right. And so that's that's kind of what it felt like for me was just this, like, you know, no one trusts me. No one trusts me to know what I'm doing or to even be capable of starting something new. And, you know, of course, this is in hindsight. Like, I'm I'm partially doing this so that I can get some credentials so I can help people. I've always wanted to help people, mm-hmm. you know. And, um, and, yeah, so I remember having a conversation with Stace as we're getting ready to to head out to paraguay you know (laughs) i'm just like i just don't know if i believe in god anymore like this is i I don't know what to make of all this stuff you know and uh so i went very skeptical very jaded you -hmm. know and um and it was halfway through that entire thing you know um i was having some very hard conversations with myself but But trying to have hard conversations with others on this trip, you know. And that whole experience was, in and of itself, a huge turmoil, you know.
0: How long were you down there?
1: We were there about 10 or 11 months. Okay. Yeah, 10 months. Yeah. And, um, you know, the leadership there was at a place where they were sort of – they fell out of – fell out of relationship with the church that was supporting them so they didn't mm-hmm. have any accountability yet they were using the church's property and the church kept asking them to leave that to property not do that. <laughs> yeah but then they were kind of there against the church's will so that was that whole thing was just like what the
0: heck is going on and that on? was completely outside of anything you had to yeah like we didn't just, have anything yeah it was, it that was it was just, just their, what was going on yeah yeah, yeah.
1: And so that added a whole layer of right. nonsense to the of, whole thing. Of toxicity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gosh, man. It was, it, yeah, toxicity is the perfect word for that. And, uh, and so, <laughs> yeah, there was, there was one time we were in the middle of doing our, our class, right? We were, we were constantly working. You know, we were doing about 60-hour weeks doing mm-hmm. presentations at schools and stuff. And then we'd take a week off to do school, right? And during one of the school weeks, uh, you know, one of the leaders comes in and and basically goes, hey, you guys, we got to get together and pray right now. Because if not, then in about 24 hours, we have to vacate the property and move everything. (laughs) And we have no place to go. I'm like, you got to be kidding
0: me. What
1: is this? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Anyway, and so, (laughs) but despite all that,
0: (laughs) Despite not Despite not really knowing day right. to <laughs> yeah. day, week to week where we were gonna sleep. Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> there is there was a point in time, uh, you know, we did you know, we had several different teams and and my team, like I, I had to Stace had to stay behind with Lona. Lona was six well, at that time she was like eight months old. We took our firstborn with us. Uh crazy, crazy young parent yeah. things. Right, yeah. And um uh, I was in a little village with my team, my smaller team, doing school work, work with schools in a little town called Aguwa, and uh, you know it was in sort of fasting and praying there that I that I sort of found God again. You mm. know, um, one of the things that we're, we're taught because um, we we'd go pretty deep into some of the some of the teachings and some of the philosophy and all that stuff mm-hmm. in the bible and so one of the things that was taught one time was that you know nothing in the new testament contradicts anything in the old testament oh wow and i was like wait wait a minute if that's yeah. true then you know I, I i sort of had this idea that like hey you know maybe this stuff isn't really meant for us you know maybe mm. it's meant for for the jews god's chosen people you know yeah all that stuff and uh and so i fasted and i took to to uh reading isaiah you know and figuring that like if if i find it i'm gonna find it there you know mm. as far as you know am i actually included in any of this you know like and sure enough it was there it was uh it was talking about uh there's a scripture that in there that says you know um talking to the chosen people and saying you'll adopt kings and queens and you'll call them sons and daughters and all this stuff basically saying like no this this is for everyone this isn't mm. just for the jews you know and And, uh, it just, you know, blew my mind and, and, uh, yeah, you know, I laid some things down to rest as far as, you know, forgiveness to people and all that stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, and just, it impacted me greatly. And then when I came home, you know, I came home to my daughter taking her first steps towards me and stuff. And that just, that was the cherry on top, you know, that I didn't get to miss out on that. Right. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, uh. Yeah, so you know, but there's still been a you know there's still a, a continual sort of uh, unraveling from that point, you know. Um, well,
0: and I think too, forgiveness is not, at least in my experience, it's not one and done. No, yeah, no, right? It's, like it's an ongoing process, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And even you know, some days I'm like, oh yeah, I've forgiven that person, and then a week later I'm like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, it's that grudge is still I can still feel it, in you know, mm-hmm. in my in my soul, so to speak. And yeah, oh, well, yeah okay, I got to, I got to turn that back over. I got to, I got to continue the work. Yeah.
1: I mean, that, that happened with my dad, you know, I, I didn't have a great relationship with my dad and then he, you know, he, he was heavy into drugs and womanizing and all that stuff. Right. Um, you know, my teenage years were, were were very volatile as a result Mm. and and I was very suicidal and, and very, uh, Mentally unstable as much as I tried to be mentally stable as far as you know being in the church and stuff yeah, like, yeah. you know you were looking for stability yeah as yeah you could. and I had it while I was in there yeah. but once Pastor Steve let me go it was just like that was the start of like really just a, a torrent of just negative emotions and all mm. that stuff and my dad coming up and I mean anytime my dad would come up it just it would it would ruin my month you know mm. And, um, I remember being in a really, really bad state. I was at UTEP, uh, doing my second semester and I was in the lab just wasting time. I just didn't even have the energy to do anything. And, and I went outside and and I had given up, right. Um, I was ready to, I was ready to do something about, um, you know, my life at mm. that time. And so I had this conversation with God, right? I'm standing outside by this tree and just kind of yelling at God and and uh, about my dad, about my life. And then uh, I feel like I hear back, you know, this sort of like all this time you've been trying so hard to not be your dad, that you're becoming him. Mm-hmm. If you truly want to not be him, then you need to forgive him. And I mm. just like I mean, where's, where does that stuff come from? Right. Like, and it just, it blew my mind. I was just like, I, I don't know what to do with that, you know, yeah. cause I'm not ready to forgive. Him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're,
0: <laughs> you're, you're the angry yeah. this guy. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm not my dad. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, and, and at that time I was actually, I was going to Crossroads. Uh, that was, that was right before, uh, you know, Stacey and I were kind of on and off and, uh, and at that point in time we were off and, uh, I reached out to her, you know, at that point in time, realizing that so many of my decisions were based off of, like, basically hating my dad,
0: you know, mm-hmm. and all this stuff, and and trying uh, to not be him. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And so, uh, you know, I I reached out to to Stace, you know, basically asking forgiveness, you know, <laughs> like, and uh, and then she wrote back, and at that time I was going to uh, uh, to Crossroads. They'd meet on Sunday nights, which was awesome. And um, uh, they were doing some sort of, I don't know, some sort of, it was some sort of like, what do you call those? uh, I'm blanking here you know, like, like purpose-driven life kind of thing, you know, when they have a like program. A book study. Uh, yeah, it was some sort of book study. Seminar, Yeah, it, it wasn't purpose-driven life. It, I think that was way before. Or may, no, that was, anyway, it was something different. And and it required um, everyone to sort of be divided mm. on Sunday nights. So they, they had to have the women in one room, you know, <laughs> and then the, the, the guys in another room. And, and Donnie was with us in that room uh, Donnie Connoy Right. And, uh, you know, I had known him since I was a teenager, you know, and, um, uh, through, through Jeff Walker and, um, yeah, so we were, I guess we were sort of supposed to say like, you know, what's holding us back kind of thing, you know, as, is uh, in the start of that, that, uh, that study and as we're praying. And so he comes over to me and, um, you know, I tell him, you know, I, I have to forgive my dad, you know, yeah. and he's just like, well, are you ready to do that now? And I said, no, you know, yeah. and so it was several weeks <clears throat> he'd ask me, are you ready to forgive him? And I'd say no. And,
0: yeah.
1: and it wasn't until the week that I proposed to, to my wife, um, it was exactly like the week before, that I finally said yes, you know, mm. I was ready to forgive him. And I didn't know what to
0: do with that, you know yeah was was very, being ready to forgive someone and the actual forgiveness process yeah, isn't, yeah. it was scary it was yeah. it was it was a
1: whole new way to live you know and not basing every decision off of you know how I felt about my dad and and um and some of that stuff came up you know circling back to to Paraguay in Aguagua, you know like some of that stuff came up again and and you know it was again like forgiving, forgiving my dad for some of these other things, forgiving my mom for some things, forgiving Pastor Steve and whoever else, you know, just you know, and realizing like I'm I'm forgiving them for me, not not necessarily yeah, right. for them. Like yeah,
0: at the end of the day, that's what it's about. Yeah, You're like to live life,
1: and um, yeah, it just kind of. Probably the hardest one I'm still working on is my, is my stepdad. And I, mm. I've got to get some things
0: out first before I know. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so one, well, and we're kind of coming close to time and I want to, I want to be able to get to you landing here. Sure. Yeah. yeah Desert yeah. rain, yeah. you know, and, and, um, sort of your decision to come back to El Paso and, mm-hmm. and this, this, um this area you know and Mm -hmm. and i guess where i would preface it is i remember meeting you about three and a half years ago yeah and i think i think you had already made the decision or you were like pretty close you and stacy deciding to come back to the area and Mm -hmm. and you had come to visit um beforehand sure and we we, you know we kind of had the connection through monk drums and whatnot Mm -hmm. and um so maybe if you could sort of sort of lay that out the the decision process to come back El Paso. And sure. And yeah. Kinda, yeah. How you, you know, stumbled your way, so to speak, here, here to Chaparral.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, when we came back from, from Paraguay, that was its own, own set of issues and, and problems and good things and bad things, you know, Stacey and I went through a hard time in our marriage a, a couple of times at that point, mm-hmm. but then the folks that supported us you know it was it was very mixed we had some very mixed reviews right this mm. whole thing of like uh you know basically coming back with all this vision mm-hmm. and then them telling us like hey you know wouldn't you like to not now that you've got this out of your system right mm. wouldn't you like to just kind of settle down and and get real jobs and
0: <laughs> be <Right>. real people <laughs> you know be the adults as we, right. we define it <laughs>
1: And so we didn't quite know what to do with that, and and uh, you know we had a lot of a lot of things we had in mind, and then we we didn't do them. And so it was that sort of like, okay, well let's let's be working stiff's, I guess. And mm-hmm. and um, but we landed at a church in Hartsville uh, through some friends, Hartsville, South Carolina, that ended up being the the church that we went to until the end of that church, mm-hmm. you know, and um. um it was through that that you know the people in that church were very proactive um, uh, I have to give huge credit to Stephen Ginger Avant, who were a huge part of that church but were also a huge part um, as far as all the wonderful changes that happened in hartsville to make it what mm. it is today you know they they did they, they took huge leaps of faith Um you know, decided that since they were, they were blessed financially, they were going to do things to try to, to help the city along. Um, and, um, yeah. And, and I mean, they lost a ton, you know, doing that, but Mm. this whole place is, I mean, just such a gem Uh in that area. And it was Steve Avant who encouraged me one day, you know, they were doing these morning prayer meetings, um, and they, they actually they took us in actually. Uh we moved to to Hartsville and we wouldn't have been able to move had they not sort of taken us in, right? Mm. <laughs> like basically like like we were struggling and Steve came up to me one day like out of nowhere and was was just like, Hey, you know, we, we have this place in our house that we built sort of to help families get on their feet, and I feel like I should offer that to you. Oh wow. And I was just like, I I don't know yeah, what to that's do with her yeah we took him up on it and ended up staying and um, <clears throat> it was in those morning prayer meetings that uh on the ride home on the ride to one that that Steve had said you know uh, I'd shared with him my, my frustrations about missions work and trying mm-hmm. to do all that and he said, uh, you know you've got a great talent with all your guitar work, you know you should think about uh, doing that as a business mm-hmm. and and then you don't have to answer to a church." you're on your own terms and you can do your own, however you want to help people, you know, it's up to you. Right. And, uh, but you can do it on your own instead of, you know, trying to, because churches are always going to have politics and drama, you know, (laughs) and, and, you know, for an elder of a church, you know, someone who's got a stake in a church, you know, Mm -hmm. you'd think he'd say the opposite, you know, but he didn't. And that hit me hard, like in, in a good way. And so that encouraged me to to really get my business off the ground, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I got my business and it was, it was tough and hard. And, you know, I didn't have uh, a bunch of financial backing or anything like that. It started from nothing, but I had people like Steve who had great advice, who had amazing generosity when it came to like, uh, you know, he's the one that sat down with me and like figured out if I could afford to rent a place, you know, Mm -hmm. showed me how to do that. And, and, uh, and uh, you know, offered me some, some spaces that he had for way cheaper than he should have, you know, mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And so, like, I owe a lot of that stuff uh, to the Avants And then at the same time, our church that he was a part of, that we were a part of, was not perfect. Um, but it was this kind of weird thing where they were kind of always in this sort of uh, – on this road of – deconstructing you know because they they had all come from very baptist southern baptist backgrounds mm-hmm, right you know and then came out of that and they were uh, uh an affiliate of morning star and then when that whole fallout happened with morning star they became an affiliate of bethel mm-hmm. for a little while and it was just to have some sort of accountability but the mm. fact that they would like deliberately choose accountability you know was was huge and so um <sighs> Our our pastor Bill Perry um, had a business, also doing business consulting, but he also didn't have any succession plan, uh, and he was also very much deconstructing. And um, so he, yeah, he decides to end the church on a high note. And at that point, you know, Stace and I are at a place of like, yeah, you know, like we're getting healthier. You know, probably not the healthiest we. We, we were at the time by any means but um, we just knew that we couldn't do church the same way you know right and after having you know, that experience yeah yeah, yeah. and um, and so there were there were a lot of things that led to to us getting out here um, in the middle of all that I decided you know stace was sort of um, uh, I think back in 2014 you know she was very uh, encouraging to me about like taking time off from time to time you know having a spiritual retreat you know Mm -hmm. at least twice a year (laughs) you know uh because yeah i i I wasn't you know between the business and everything else you know doing the rat race you know i was i was pretty stressed out you know it was it was highs and lows and they say that about business but for me it was extreme highs and lows you know it was just like um emotionally just terrible you know and um I was starting to have health issues from it as well. Um, and so, yeah, she she bought me a ticket to El Paso, mm. you know, <laughs> to go
0: visit. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Get on that plane.
1: Yeah. And I was just like,
0: what? You know, like,
1: are you sure? You know? And so what did I do? I, I went and hung out with Barry Martin, mm-hmm. you know, and, and um, hung out with him for about a week. And it was amazing. And then from that point on, I decided, you know what, like, I mean that was I hadn't been in El Paso for almost ten years at that point, right. you know. Yeah, but so much had changed for the better, and it was just really encouraging. And and something got me to thinking about like you know wanting my family, you know, my kids to connect to, mm-hmm. you know, my my own history, I guess, in a way, you know, because yeah. uh, I never really talked about it with them. Like they never really, like they they have met my mom. Mm-hmm a handful of times, you know, and she lives in Indiana now, but, um, it was just that feeling of like, there's so much incompleteness and, and it's mostly my fault. Right. Because I don't
0: really share. A well, but lot, it's like, also something about being in proximity. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, like,
0: yeah. you know, when you're in the middle of South Carolina, it's easy for someone to talk like, Oh, you know, I, I grew up over here, you know, yeah, like, went yeah. to high school here. Yeah. You know, our family used to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. When there's a physical, like when you have something physical to point to, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, and, and it became very routine. As as much as the the highs and lows were so extreme, it was it was very routine as well. And um, and I think for Stace as well, like there was some, you know, for her, and she'll she'll share, you know, her own and take on all that stuff. But you know, there were there were just some unhealthy things, sort of continuing on um, that we knew um, well i am I'm, I'm skipping way far ahead on all well, this well i mean yeah we're for time's sake yeah 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 but anyway that th- that visit led to con- you know more consecutive visits seed, yeah yeah that planted the seed and then i brought my daughter with me and then from there, you know, at one point in time, we were going to the spring breakout reaches again, basically. Okay. And I was showing Lona all that that world, I yeah. guess. And she was very interested in it, very impacted by it. And it wasn't until I, I had a conversation with with Barry that that sort of let me know, like, oh crap, like he's getting older. Mm-hmm. Right? Everyone's getting older. And, you know, like we, we only have a limited time. And I'm either gonna th- gonna waste it like running the rat race yeah or i need to figure out how to slow things down like yeah. dramatically you know and um and so yeah that led to um, you know when i got back telling stace i was just like yeah i think i think we should move to el paso you know she was ready to move anywhere she just she's she's got she's a wanderer soul for sure mm-hmm. yeah and so she you know she she's the adventurous one right and and she was happy because it was not in South Carolina. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? it was something new. Yeah. So, so that that led to the decision of moving. So, in very short order, um, you know, we we planned a trip out here. Uh, ended up hanging out with Donnie and his family uh, for a week uh, to to sort of scope things out in El Paso. Right. And uh, and then uh, that that was in February in March. You know, Stace had mentioned, you know, that uh, she really wanted to travel in a bus, sort of mm-hmm. taking a bus and make it in, into an RV. And, you know, I kind of, um, I was probably a little bit premature with it, but I, I found a bus, you know, and we gutted it and made it into an RV. Right. You know, and then by that August, the church had stopped you know, did this one last service. And from that point on, it was okay, this is it, you know.
0: <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So that and, was sort of the jumping off point for you guys. Yeah, yeah, sort west. of. Like we,
1: we knew that was coming, it had been yeah. talked about. And right. So then uh, it happened earlier than it was supposed to. But yeah, then they were like, all right, you know, we're going to do this last service and then that's it. And, uh, you know, and it was it was an amazing time. It was a service that lasted like three, four hours, and and I we stayed there for the grand majority of it. You know, just people sharing stories about how it impacted them and how it impacted the city. Like I'd never, you know, my experience was being in El Paso and always hearing about church splits, right, 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 scandals, and all this stuff. You know, right. and then coming to a place where it's like, no, this is this is ending properly. Mm-hmm. Like this is how it should go. <laughs> it's just like. And it wasn't perfect, you know, but...
0: Of course not. No no institution is, right? Yeah, but yeah. Just to witness that. Yeah. It was, was probably beautiful.
1: Um, and I think for me, that also placed a, an importance on, on sort of ending things well to a degree. Like, you know, I think about my business in that way now, in that, like, you know, like there's so many people that try to drag things out past mm. their shelf life. Yeah. You know, I'm sure for me... You know, I used to have big ambitions, big dreams about what it should be, and and I have extremely limited resources to do so, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, and and part of that is my own mental health, you know, right, like I can course. only stretch that out so far, and so like I, I should think about at some point in time, I should either try to get this business to a point where I could sell it, but if I can't sell it, I need to be done with it and do something else, right? Just um, retire it altogether? Yeah, right? yeah. And and so I've, I've become very comfortable with that thought. And 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 that experience with the church has sort of helped me with mm. that. But <clears throat> so it ended, um, I was actually playing at an Episcopal church. It was a side gig, you know, playing guitar out there. and and uh, But it was a very healthy place. It was very good. It was a good place to have those hard conversations uh, that, that most evangelical churches are afraid of having. And and, um, and we got a, a nice send off from them, you know, when we right. told them like, yeah, no, we're, we're heading in this direction yeah. we're super behind it. And, and so, yeah. So, and, and so we're so many people here even, you know, um, really grateful for them. You know, Donnie was one of them. And, um, so yeah, I ended up getting connected to, to this place through Donnie. Right. Um, because I got hired for, for Monk Drums for a little while there, um, and that's how I came to, you know, on one of my visits came to come out here. On that, uh, no, it was the the visit after visiting with Donnie in February. I came back in March for that spring break outreach, right? And on one of those nights, Donnie suggested, "Hey, you know, we should we should go out there to Desert Rain to meet everybody." And so that night, I met David, and and I think we had a conversation that, like, "Hey, I think I think I met you way long ago when we were doing these Mark McCoy conferences mm-hmm. and stuff," and you know, I think you were there to speak on prophetic stuff and and Steve kept trying to get me to talk to you or something like that because, you know, he was trying to get me to be a prophet too or whatever, you know? um, But it was that night that I kind of was like, I I remember sending Stace a picture. I I went out in the early morning and just took a picture. I didn't realize how much I missed the desert, you know? (laughs) And I sent her a picture and saying like, we should, we should totally, I I don't know, we should move out here, you know, kind of thing. And, um, so yeah, so that when we, when we left, um, we had sort of, we had made the decision to come out here and I called David, but then because we knew the Kanois more at that point in time, Stace was kind of afraid that like, you know, it might not work out as well, right. you know, at first. And so she was like, you know, why you know, Donnie offered us, uh, to stay at his place for a little while. Why don't we, why don't we take him up on that? You know temporarily and then see how it goes from there you Mm -hmm. know because we got to establish some sort of familiarity yeah so we did that
0: well especially for her having never spent any time yeah out here yeah in in at least a long period of time right yeah yeah let her get her feet under and used to the area yeah yeah yeah.
1: so we did that and, and donnie was kind enough to let me use his garage and everything for for guitar production and all that stuff and um and, uh, and yeah, we were there
0: what six months? With about the yeah, about six months. Okay.
1: We landed in the in late October, and then we left there by like mid May or something like that. And by the time we left, you know, I was I was in a pretty unhealthy spot mentally. You mm-hmm. know, um, we started doing some counseling, and and uh, it was just hard. It was really hard. Things with the business did not go as planned. Right. All that stuff, like everything, was just kind of a big washing machine worth of, you know, just nonsense that, that was sort of happening, whether it was business or, you know, between Stace and I, or, or, you know, of course, you know, the hard time the kids were having with the mm-hmm. whole change. And, um, so then, you know, we, we had had the conversation about like, well, you know, maybe, maybe let's try out, uh, Landing at Desert Rain, like I, I wanted to do that initially, and and it's probably good that it happened the way it did, you know, even though it was hard still, but yeah. So we we talked to the Steels and and um and then that led to you know coming out here on Thursdays, yeah. you know, for hanging the – hanging out, yeah. And it was very, it was kind of quick, you know, it was mm-hmm. like it felt right from the get go, mm-hmm. and um, so yeah, so we. I think it was like within a couple of weeks or whatever that we just came out and and landed here. And, um, yeah, that's, that's, you know, for me it's been great to be able to, um, have those, have those deep philosophical talks and even question, you know, obviously question God's existence and question whether or not we've been doing things the right way or not mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And, uh, but it's been a very healthy place to do it at, you know, because it's not this like. Um, uh, I'll put it this way, you know, I was when we were doing therapy in El Paso, it was it was with a very Christian practice, mm-hmm. um, and I was trying to have a hard conversation, stuff that was on my mind with the therapist, you know, about God's existence and about whether or not we're interpreting the Bible right and all this right. stuff, you know. And, you know, he does the very Christian thing, which is, oh, got to win this guy back for the team. Oh, <laughs> so he started going into yeah. apologetics with me. And I was like, no, that's not what I'm getting at, man. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I know yeah. the apologetics.
0: I was trained yeah, in that I too. I know the like, logical side. Yeah. That's like,
1: correct. And, um,
0: well, that's, I mean, I think that's one of the beautiful parts with David. Is yeah. You can, he's open-minded enough that you can have those those conversations and he's not not only is he not going to try to win you over, sure. he's going to probably push you in the other direction. But yeah, probably be atheist, <laughs> yeah,
1: right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, and and I think it's it's been a <clears throat> it's been a good uh, sort of um, you know when you're told that, um, and I think I've learned this from my wife a good bit, you know, because she's very she's very emotional and and she'll she'll sort of, sort of like joke that maybe I'm you know I'll say that she's too emotional and and sometimes I do say that but <laughs> but I think I've learned from her, you know, um a lot that it's okay to have certain emotions and it's yeah. sort of that same thing with with David and Jacob as well like I've had some of the most eye-opening revelations and conversations just with them when it comes to any of this stuff <clears throat> and and it's been such a safe place because then they'll be like, you know, yeah, it's okay to have those thoughts. It's yeah. okay to have those emotions about that subject, because at the end of the day, like we we don't fully know. Yeah, you know, we know what's nor, been handed nor down. We,
0: nor will we ever fully. Yeah. Know. yeah, yeah.
1: But we're missing cultural context. We're missing so many, so many things, and yeah. so many things that are lost in translation. And you know, the English language itself changes, you know, drastically over a hundred years. Like, how do we expect it to? You
0: know, right? Uh, for people things. weren't even speaking English during the time. Yeah, G, or at least English as we understand it. Yeah, today, right. Yeah. Like it might be called English, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, um, yeah. Thanks. You feel good? Yeah, yeah. If you feel good, oh, I feel yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, well, it's uh, you know we we did miss some parts, but you know as as I've said before, this is an ongoing conversations. So, sure. Yeah. Um, we'll sit down and do it again. Um, if you're interested in finding out more about desert rain community in general, check out the Uh, I think they're on Facebook too, the ruined on Facebook. Uh, if you want to hear more of these episodes, drcrpod.com, um, for the, uh, road to desert rain, like we had today, or just, um, dispatches from the verge of the conversation with David and I, um, Thank you to David and Danny West. Uh, that the music you hear in the background for the intro and outro—that's courtesy of them. And uh, if you enjoy what you're hearing, please tell a friend. Either word of mouth or social media uh, really helps us. And um, appreciate you. Have Remind a good day. You tip your waitress. Tip your waitress. <laughs> <laughs>